Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm Dr. Gina, and welcome to Primetime. Now, just when you thought that the left couldn't possibly politicize any more of our lives, they have come for America's favorite pastime. Baseball, now a tool of the radical left to advance their political power. Major League Baseball has succumbed to the cancel culture and has moved the All-Star Game out of Atlanta to protest the new Georgia election law. And Cobb County, Georgia, says that the loss of that game will cost that area $100 million in revenue from tourism and everything that comes along with hosting the MLB All-Star Game. That will be devastating for businesses that are trying to build back after that pandemic. But the left cares nothing about your businesses or livelihoods or even that slogan they voted for, supposedly building back. They just want more political power, and that's what this is really all about. Although Major League Baseball doesn't seem to, to mind at all supporting the Chinese communist regime that literally enslaves ethnic minorities and does not tolerate political dissent in any way, shape, or form. If you criticize the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, or the dictator there, then you will be jailed. Or you might even just disappear, just magically one day. But the MLB, they have a great partnership with the state-run streaming platform that broadcasts games all over China. And at the same time, the MLB says that Georgia Republicans and the new voter law they passed is the epitome of evil in the modern world and therefore must pull the all-star game from that state. Now... President Trump sent out a press release reminding everyone that there are a lot more America-loving MAGA folks out there who watch baseball games than leftists. And he called for a boycott of MLB as well as other companies who are doing the same sort of politicizing over issues such as Coke and Delta and other so-called woke leftist corporations who are bowing to this ridiculous cancel culture. Texas Governor Greg Abbott joined the boycott effort in a big, big way. Abbott was set to throw out the first pitch on opening day for the Texas Rangers, as you may have heard. But after the MLB's move in Georgia, Abbott, at the very last minute, came in and told them where they could sort of, uh, let's just say, stick their first pitch. And since we don't teach history in public schools anymore, when Joe Biden calls the new Georgia election law Jim Crow on steroids or Jim Eagle, whatever that meant when he said that. People don't realize what the heck he's even talking about, which is most things that Joe Biden says, and I understand that completely. But it is such, such an insult. Can we, can we break this down for one moment to just consider what it means to black America to invoke the name Jim Crow? Jim Crow laws sought to preserve slavery in the South 
after Civil War, even though slavery had been officially outlawed in the Constitution. Jim Crow laws tried to prevent any contact between black and white America. Every part of life was segregated, and any infraction meant prison time and hard labor for black Americans who broke Jim Crow laws. So let's get this straight now. Black Americans prevented black Americans from voting, going to school, using transportation, holding a job anywhere that a white person might encounter them and made life hell for blacks living in the South. And the Democrat Party founded the KKK to make sure that these laws were followed and terrorized these black Americans in the South. But Joe Biden and the media would like you to believe that to show your ID to vote is the same thing as a Jim Crow law. Jim Crow laws meant that Dogs were sent after black people, snarling and growling and chasing them. Can you imagine the fear that fire hoses were used against black people to enforce what they wanted to enforce and impose upon them? And Joe Biden is comparing this to Jim Crow laws? I don't think so, Joe Biden. That is a slap in the face to every, every American, let alone every black American. Biden and his friends in the media are telling all sorts of lies about this Georgia law. They say that the law halts early voting on Sundays. They said this. They absolutely lied about it. And they said that it did this in an effort to stop black churches from getting people to the polls. But Sunday voting actually was expanded in the Georgia law. So that's a lie. There's also a lie about drop boxes being restri restricted, but actually instead, drop boxes are now being expanded into every county in the state of Georgia. Another lie. A lie put out there, why? You have to ask yourself this, to invoke the Jim Crow laws and then to lie about it to the people that actually listen to Joe Biden. How little respect must you have for the people that are trusting you, Joe Biden, to lie like this? Or whoever's writing his prompters these days. Anyway, early voting also is expanded to two weeks before the election, which is much longer than many Democrat-run states. But that doesn't stop the left from repeating the lie that this law restricts early voting, even though it doesn't. And the worst lie of all is that requiring an ID to vote is racist because black people somehow don't know how to get an ID or something like that. I don't even understand it. I would never think of a race of people in such an insulting way, even though 97% of Georgia residents already have a valid state ID. They are continuing to lie about black voters. We shouldn't be surprised though. This is exactly how Joe Biden thinks about black voters. And he said so himself. Now don't count on the media to tell you the truth. And don't expect the Democrats to stop lying about what's happening in Georgia. You have to do the digging yourself and you will have to spread the truth any way you can. And you'll have to keep getting the truth right here. All right, coming up a little later, we have a video of a pastor who stood up to the police and kicked them out of his church on Easter when they came to shut it down over COVID regulations. So do stick around for that because there's more Dr. Gina primetime coming up right after this. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping 
dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now, the left has politicized the NFL, and now they've politicized the MLB. The cancel mob on the left has targeted Major League Baseball over this new election law in Georgia that they say is just like Jim Crow. Cobb County, Georgia estimates they will lose $100 million in revenue now that the MLB has decided to pull the All-Star game from the state. And it is all because of the lies pushed by the left that the new voting law is somehow racist. Here with me now to discuss former Georgia, Georgia Congressman Bob Barr. Good to see you, Congressman Barr. Thank Thanks you. for being with us. <laughs> Uh, and so your first take on this, it, it, it was surprising to me, was it to you, that MLB caved so quickly? It seemed almost without a lot of forethought? It was with, and not only was it without forethought, but I suspect it was without even reading the legislation about which they're right. complaining. Uh, it didn't really surprise me. I, I live in Cobb County. Uh, I know the Braves. It's a fine organization. Uh, but... If there is, in fact, some way that the Braves organization uh, could sue uh, Major League Baseball or possibly Cobb County, where I happen to live, could sue uh, the uh, uh, MLB for uh, this move, I suspect there were all manner of contracts. I think they ought to consider that because this is entirely unjustified. I mean, it, the only word I can think of, Gina, is it's just stupid. It is absolutely asinine that they would do this. Yeah, they say that the voting boxes aren't there. They say that uh, the Sunday voting uh, was was taken away. They say that the voting hours were taken away. They even said water was taken away, which was one of the more ridiculous things. That all the only water that was taken away was water that was given in turn for a vote, which is actually electioneering, which has actually always been illegal. Uh, you can't give someone anything, anything of value, in turn for a vote. That's actually always been a law. I believe it's even a national law, and I believe this Georgia law only re-emphasized that, to my understanding. So, so really, none of the reasons that Joe Biden and his ilk cited for um, saying that MLB and all the rest of them should basically go about their canceling business as they will um, were even accurate. And there's been yet no backtracking on the part of Joe Biden or his administration. And I haven't seen any conversation out of Coca-Cola, out of Delta, out of MLB, or out of any of those who have uh, gone about the business of, of canceling Georgia over this. Have you? No, they've been strangely silent, but perhaps that is because uh, once there was a great deal of controversy and once this uh, became a matter in the public arena, maybe they were forced to actually look at the uh, legislation uh, and they realized, oops, uh, what we've been saying about this, the reasons that we've given for pulling the major league game out of uh, Cobb County uh, make no sense and are wrong. Maybe we better keep quiet about this. But I don't think this is a matter that should go away. This is uh, the epitome of the cancel culture and corporations now jumping into the into the not just the electoral arena, but the political arena in ways that they have they and their fans, I suspect, have no interest in doing ultimately. Uh, 
you know, let's assume everything that, that these corporations say about the legislation were true. Let's say well, everything Stacey Abrams says is true. That still is no reason whatsoever for Major League Baseball, a sport, uh, to move out of a county where they had contracted and planned for almost two years to play. I mean, there's no reason for it whatsoever. But none, as you mentioned, none of the things that they claim were wrong with this legislation are actually in the legislation. And the cancel culture is never satisfied. It's like a greedy, voracious monster, as you know, Congressman. And what happens next is they go for other things. So they're not only going for other products, as you can guess, but they're also, I understand, going for the PGA now and uh, other, other other sporting events. Um, they're going for other products. So they'll never be satisfied. It's not like they're ever going to say, okay, now we feel like we've, we've been, uh, you know, uh, somehow rewarded, I guess, for our outrage and our feelings, which is what this is really all about. Um, and, and, and they'll just sit down and be quiet, right? The kneeling wasn't enough. The canceling of our national anthem at sporting events wasn't enough. On and on the list goes on. Um, nothing is ever enough. So when you bow down to the cancel cultural fascists, uh, you really create a monster, don't you? You do, and it, uh, and it will live on. Uh, it's one of the reasons why in my law practice, Gina, many, many years ago, I gave up uh, domestic relations law because you can never satisfy the parties. And dealing with uh, this cancel culture thing, uh, it's also very much like gun control. Uh, the gun yes. control advocates, uh, if there is in fact a shooting, they jump up and they say, oh, it's not because we had gun control and disarmed law-abiding citizens. It's always because we didn't have enough gun control, so they always want more. This is a typical liberal take on every problem, whether it's a real problem or, in this case, one that they've created out of thin air. Well, it really is a pattern of fascism. You make a great point on gun control, and I'm glad you made it because when there was a knife crime last week, AOC said, well, it sure is a good thing that wasn't a gun crime, uh, you know, at the Capitol uh, because, uh, and with the car, um, because if it had been a gun crime, that'd be terrible. So we do need more gun laws, by the way. It just turned it, just transposed it into a, into a gun crime when it wasn't even a gun crime. So you're absolutely right. The headline over at Just the News reads like this. It says, the MLB moves the draft and the All-Star game but will continue airing on the Chinese platform. The inconsistencies here are mind-boggling. If I start to think through them, we have Coca-Cola uh, that they've canceled, who has alcoholic beverages, but Coca-Cola will, of course, Congressman, uh, continue, I'm sure, to card people for selling alcoholic beverages. We have MLB that will continue airing their programming on Chinese platforms, which have broad and well-known humanitarian atrocities that, that I guess the MLB is not concerned with. At least that's the message that comes across if you're going to cancel this event uh, for, I'm not sure even what their basis is. Um, and there are uh, other inconsistencies we can point to, but the fact is that this was done so knee-jerk. Um, do you think that they'll come back and reconsider and say, looks like we've made a mistake, maybe we should you know, cooler heads should prevail? I don't think they'll do that because uh, they adhere to the philosophy that uh, in politics you never apologize even if you're wrong. Uh, they, they may just sort of quiet down uh, and hope it uh, just goes away, which of course it won't. Uh, 
Uh, but Stacey Abrams here in, in Georgia will continue to stoke the flames of this uh, and every other aspect of uh, why she lost the election uh, in 2018, uh, why she's really the governor. It's all about race uh, suppression and voter suppression and so forth. So, you know, I don't think these companies will, will go away. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll admit that they were wrong. Uh, there are calls, of course, for uh, boycotts of uh, Coca-Cola products and boycotts of uh, Major League Baseball in other cities and boycotts and Delta. of Delta. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. you know, I, I doubt that those will work because these are very, very large corporations. And if you live, as I do, in, in, uh, in the Atlanta area, uh, you know, saying you're not going to fly Delta uh, makes it uh, fairly difficult to get pretty much uh, anywhere in the world. Yeah, yeah. And you make a great point. But again, Delta is another one of these where is Delta going to stop asking for identification? If they have a problem with voter ID. Is Delta going to stop asking for identification to board their airlines? I mean, I, the questions are just, and, and is, is boarding an airline any less important than your right to vote and making sure that we have people voting who are who they say they are. So these kinds of questions are just really confounding where we found ourselves in America today. I, I, I appreciate you being on. I, I feel so badly for, um, for your state, frankly, and for your county and for everything that you all are going through. You're right in the, in the midst of this, and I really appreciate you uh, staying, staying abreast of all of this and keeping us informed on it as well. Congressman, thank you so much. Always a pleasure, Gina. Thank you. Absolutely. Coming up, CBS gave Hunter Biden 30-some minutes over the weekend to promote his new book in an interview full of softball questions and some quite odd comments from Hunter Biden. You won't believe what he smoked? We're going to show you the craziest parts of this interview next. More Dr. Gina Primetime. Coming at you. <laughs> CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Back to Gina Primetime. Now, Hunter Biden did one very odd interview this weekend, but did you know that CBS has a financial stake in his book? They mentioned it briefly in the middle of the interview. Listen to this. Hunter Biden's struggle with his personal demons is a big part of his new book, from an imprint of Simon & Schuster, a Viacom CBS company. Here with me now to discuss New York City radio host, Mark Simone. Mark, great to see you. Mark, so CBS is promoting this book in an interview with the president's son, and they are making money from this book, too. Uh, you know, I have to tell you, I've watched this interview twice, and I missed it both times, which is interesting because I'm pretty tuned into this kind of stuff. Now, admittedly, you know, I have dogs and children running across the room while I'm trying to watch things, so a little, little uh, less than fully tuned in all the time. But that is amazing that that was the only mention, and yet they're promoting it the way they did. And this was about the feel-good interviews of feel-good interviews that I've ever seen in my lifetime. Well, I don't think this book will be a big seller. I don't think I, I mean, Joe and Jill Biden aren't going to read this book. I, I, I don't, Hunter Biden hasn't even read the book. It's um, the the real question is, what is its purpose? Is it to uh, 
gains sympathy in case he ever does go on trial. Uh, future jurors might have some sympathy for him. Could be that. I think it's the, uh, the Larry King uh, strategy. You know, as a young man, Larry King got in trouble. He got arrested. He conned somebody. He had some bad stuff in his past. So when he first became famous, he wrote an autobiography and told the whole story in excruciating detail. And he told me, he said, I did that. So I never had to discuss it again ever in my life. Anybody brings it up, I'll say, say it's in the book. I wrote about it. Go read it. That may be what Hunter's up to here. Uh, and a lot of questions need to be answered. We know of 20, 30 million this guy took in. Why is he crawling around on the floor looking for bits of crack? He could hire his own full-time crack dealer. Uh, why is he getting the laptop repaired? Millions of dollars. Go buy a new one. You know, you got sensitive information on there. Shred it and get a new one. So nobody's asked him all these great questions they should ask him. Yeah, and, and there wasn't a lot of follow-up to any of the questions that he didn't seem to want to answer either. But uh, regarding his laptop, Hunter Biden said this. Was that your laptop? For real, I don't know. I know, but, but you know that's... Is, this I is really a, don't know okay. if the answer is. That's you don't know yes or no if the laptop was yours. I don't have any yours. idea. I have no idea. So it could have been yours. Of course, certainly. It, 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 there could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me. There could be that I was hacked. It could be that there was the that it was Russian intelligence. It could be that it was stolen from me. Shall we help her with her follow-up question, Mark? The follow-up question is very simple. And <laughs> it, journalism 101, and I didn't even go to journalism school, but I still majored in communication, or minored in communication, and I know the answer to this. And it goes like this. Did you or did you not drop a laptop off at said laptop repair shop? It is a simple question, and if he refuses to answer it, you continue saying, you haven't answered the question. Did you or did you not? You've known these accusations were out there for months. You knew, months you knew this interview was coming. Did you or did you not, Hunter Biden, drop your laptop off at said uh, uh, fix-it place? But he didn't ever answer that. Well, he would have given you the same answer. I could have, I might have, I could have. Maybe if I did drop it off, then I did, but if I didn't, it wasn't mine. You know, you gotta just say to him, Everything you've described in the book is so clear and decisive. This is the one point where you get vague. You don't know. You don't remember. Maybe it could have been. So you've given us these uh, BS lawyer to death answers. Obviously, you're covering up. There's no question about it. He's got a he signed receipt at the laptop shop. Yeah, he remembers eating Parmesan cheese out of the uh, pieces of the carpeting, but he can't remember if he dropped off a laptop. I don't know about you, but you and you make a, such a great point. The guy was making tons of money. He could have bought all the crack he wanted, and he could have bought a new laptop. You don't need to take your laptop to be repaired. So, like, there's so much of this story that just is not connecting. But uh, he also said he will be 100% cleared. I guess if I were a Biden... The way that the the crime families on the left seem to get away with things, I guess I probably think that I could get away with most anything too. But watch. There's a current Department of Justice investigation into your finances. Yep. What is it about? Can you say anything more? I can't, but I can say this: is I'm cooperating um, completely, and I am absolutely certain, 100% certain, that at the end of the investigation, that I will be cleared of any wrongdoing. You're 100% certain. I'm 100% certain. A hundred percent sure. Um, do you think that's because he knows that his dad has really good friends that, uh, the, and the way that sort of the crime cartels on the left operate anyway? Or do you think that's because he knows he's innocent? I mean, he doesn't even really claim to be innocent. He talks about all the drugs he did and how he doesn't even remember what he did. How could he even know about all the crimes he did? 
Yeah, every every answer is definite, definitive, except that one answer. I think he's using the Andrew Cuomo strategy, which is put that look in your eyes, that fierce, determined look in your eyes, and say, I will be 100% cleared. I welcome this investigation. Who believes any of this? And But who knows? Maybe uh, he's got some kind of Comey, Clapper, Brennan type of deal going on where he knows he'll be cleared. I wouldn't trust Merrick Garland on this, and he's in charge of the Justice Department. Yeah, exactly. But he probably knows he can. <laughs> so there you go. There's the answer to how he knows he'll be 100% cleared. Okay, so Mark, in the interview went from weird to weirder when he started talking with great detail, actually, about the kinds of things that he did in his supposedly diluted state. Listen. Looking back, did you make a mistake taking a spot on that board? No, I don't think I made a mistake in taking a spot on the board. I think I made a mistake in terms of underestimating the, uh, the way in which it would be used against me. And but you must have seen the optics. Even back then, you must have, no I mean, how could you not have foreseen that this was gonna look bad? Because I really didn't. I'm, I'm, I'm being as honest with you as I possibly can. All I know is that not one investigative body, not one serious journalist has ever accused, has ever come to the conclusion that I did anything wrong or that my father did anything wrong. But the rumors lived on. <laughs> actually, that wasn't the clip I was talking about, but that's a good one, too. That one, she actually pretended to have a follow-up, but Mark, I'll let you comment before we go on to the one I was talking about. Hey, I love this guy. They should make a sitcom based on him. He gets caught with all this stuff. And he says, not, not one journalist anywhere has ever said that. I can find you 5,000 articles right now. And he didn't make a mistake. If you just got thrown out of the army for drugs, if you got pulled over by the police, they found a crack pipe, a badge, and multiple driver's license. If that's your life, and a company wants to give you $3 million and then 50000 a month, who wouldn't take that? What, what other choice did he have? It's not like he was fighting off lucrative job offers every day. Exactly. All right. And so now to the clip where he was talking about the weird stuff he smoked, which I really wonder because, you know, you are you are we call it murder boarding in politics. And you know this term, Mark, but just for our audience, in case they don't, where you go through with your lawyers, with your political advisors, with your crisis PR team, all of the things you're going to say in an interview. And I've been part of these teams before where you, you know, you go through possible scenarios of interview questions as if he didn't have the interview questions beforehand. And we're pretending that he didn't, uh, he would have gone through the possible scenarios and the answers and the questions that he wanted to answer, even if they were never asked. In other words, you don't have to get the question asked to answer what you want to answer. He wanted to talk about what he was smoking, and that was really interesting. And I'm just wondering which person on his PR team was advising him to say this. You would wake up some mornings. I shouldn't even say some mornings because you slept for like 15 minutes at a time. Yeah. And be looking for crack and just smoke whatever was there. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I spent more time on my hands and knees, picking through rugs, um, smoking anything that re even remotely resembled crack cocaine. I probably smoked more Parmesan cheese than anyone, <laughs> anyone that you know, I'm sure, Tracy. <laughs> because there'd be crumbs yeah. mixed in and yeah, you just... It, yeah. I mean, I went one time for 13 days without sleeping and smoking crack and drinking vodka exclusively throughout that entire time. 
I have so much trouble believing any of this, Mark. I, I don't know if I even believe it's humanly possible to go 13 days without sleeping. But you add to that smoking crack and drinking vodka, and I doubt there's a doctor that could testify that you could live 13 days with no sleep drinking vodka and smoking crack. This is some really weird stuff that's going to live out in infamy on the Internet for a long, long time, isn't it? Who advised him to say this stuff? Well, what kind of family is this? You know, the dog is biting everybody, pooping on the floor in the White House. This kid is crawling around the carpet looking for crack. Uh, I mean, what kind of leader was this father? I mean, hey, you know uh, Eric Trump and Donald Trump Jr. These are fine, hardworking. Uh, these are two Boy Scouts. Uh, I mean, compared to this, and this is what he admits to. What's he, Imagine what he's not telling you, if this is what he's willing to tell you. Again, yeah. give him a sitcom. This is perfect. Great point. And imagine... Just imagine if anyone in the Trump family had, had 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 this interview, how the media would have portrayed it, how they would have been merciless and relentless in their attacks on them. Heck, imagine if Don Jr. forgot to throw back a fish once when he was fishing, what they would have done to him. I mean, really, that's, that's the level of intellect we're dealing with on the left and the level of, of fairness. Uh, there just is no fairness at all. There, have, there has never been that I remember in the entire duration of the campaigns or presidency of Donald Trump, one um, human interest story on anyone affiliated with the Trump family that I can remember. Can you think of one? No. Yeah, you know, there's a part in the book where he says he told his father what was going on, and his father said, I don't know what to do. Is that the guy you want as president? I don't know what to do. If that were Donald Trump, that kid would be in a, in a rehab center. He'd be in Betty Ford. He'd be in someplace within an hour and not out until he's straightened out. Uh, I mean, this whole family is just a little cuckoo. I don't know what we're going to do for the next three and a half years. That's a great point. You know, I interviewed the president just last week, and uh, I'll tell you what. He talked a lot about how he parented and what his tactics were, and I think uh, there's some very different tactics there with the Bidens. Um, Mark, thanks for pointing to that, and I think that it's a big lesson to parents out there as well. Uh, none of us are perfect, certainly, but wow, what a, what a contrast between families, uh, between fathers, and between competencies, and then between media coverage. Mark, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. All right, and now it's time for our good guy with a gun segment. And with me now to talk about this is the one and only Amanda Head. Amanda, welcome to the show. Uh, we have a good guy with a gun story out of California. It's not easy to have a good guy with a gun story out of California, but we do. Tell us about it. Yes, in Long Beach, which for those of you who don't know a lot of, about Long Beach, uh, it's obviously a shipping port, it's a very large shipping port. Um, you've got these teeny tiny pockets, much like a lot of Los Angeles, where you have like one street that's family homes and, you know, uh, people who, who live there and they don't have bars on their windows. And then the next block over, you've got a lot of gang activity. Obviously, Snoop Dogg made the LBC famous. Um, but in Long Beach, you do have a substantial amount of gang crime, and that's what police think this is. Uh, six suspects broke into a man's home. The guy had a gun. He popped two of them. Two of them were shot, and they both died on the scene. 
and uh, the other four fled the scene. This man was protecting his castle. They are waiting for more investigation, but they do believe that this man was the victim. They don't think that he was involved in the gang activity. So good for him, protecting his home, protecting his family and his castle, and uh, the rest of the suspects fled. So good, Six good ending, them. sort of. Six of them. Six. That, that, that's some serious skill in this good guy with a gun story, Amanda. Yeah, yeah, he got two of the two out of six. I don't know if he shot at more of them, but you know that's what thirty percent, thirty three percent. So enough to drive the rest of them away, I guess, and that's all that really matters in the end, right? Absolutely. They saw that guy wielding the gun, and they're like, "Nope, nope, nope. I'm out of here." Exactly. All right, Amanda. You know, even though Democrats are running D.C., Republicans are running things on the local level. And in Iowa, Just the News is reporting that the Iowa governor signed a constitutional carry law allowing residents to carry a firearm without a permit. Amanda, a dozen states already allow people to enjoy their Second Amendment very freely. So do you think others will follow? Yes, and actually I looked it up. It's more than a dozen. Uh, let me see if I can get this right. Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, Idaho, Kansas, Kentucky, Maine, Missouri, New Hampshire, North Dakota, South Dakota, Vermont, West Virginia, and Wyoming, and now you can add Iowa to the list. So these are states that do not require permits. Uh, however, there are obviously restrictions for carry. Some states, like I think Alaska, uh, does not permit carrying inside of a courthouse, and some of these states also prevent carrying uh, child care facilities, K-12 through schools, things like that. You also have to notify an officer at a traffic stop. If you have a firearm on you, you have to notify someone whose house it is if you walk into it, things like that. And, of course, obviously there are still strict background checks. The NICS system, National Instant Check System, is still in place. So uh, liberals, just calm down, okay? It's all right. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Always fun to have you, especially for the good guy with the gun segment, Amanda. You always make it a blast. Thanks for being on. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Gina. All right. Coming up, pastors standing up to the COVID Nazis coming into churches. This is video you will not want to miss. Stick around. That's next. Back in a moment. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. The left has loved turning the COVID, COVID pandemic into a way to shut down your freedoms. They really get a kick out of it. And unfortunately, most of the world does not have a bill of rights that protects their freedom of speech like you do or religion or any of the rest of it. So some viral videos were caught over the weekend of the anti-Easter Gestapo trying to shut down church services. Here with me now to discuss New York City radio talk show host Kevin McCullough and Real America's Voice RAV correspondent Jessica Rivera. Great to see you both. Good Thank to be you, here. Dr. Gina. Guys, I want you to check out this viral video of this Polish pastor in Calgary, Canada, telling the masked police to get out of his church. Don't do want to talk to you. Not a word. Out of this, pro out of this property. Immediately out. 
I don't care what you have to say. Out! Out! Out of this property, you Nazis! Out! Out! Gestapo is not allowed here. Immediately, Gestapo is not allowed. Out! Do you understand English? Get out of this property. Go. So go. Go. And don't come back without the warrant. Out, Nazi. Out. Out. You understand? Nazis are not welcome here. Out. And don't come back without a warrant. Do not come back without a warrant. You understand that? You're not welcome here. Nazis are not welcome here. Gestapo is not welcome here. Do not come back, you Nazi psychopaths. Unbelievable, sick, evil people. Intimidating people in a church during the Passover. You Gestapo, Nazi, communist, fascists. Don't you dare coming back here. Can you imagine those psychopaths? Passover, the holiest Christian festival in a year. And they're coming to intimidate Christians during the holiest festival? Unbelievable. What is wrong with those sick psychopaths? Wow. Kevin, Nazi fast fascist Gestapo. That guy's my hero. I want to meet that guy. <laughs> I know. I have to tell you, and there's a lot to love about the way Poland is these days, that there's a lot of courage in that little country. Uh, I was there not that long ago, and uh, I'm a fan of a lot of the patriots there. They are Trump-loving, passionate, a lot of Christians there. Uh, do we have any pastors with that kind of spinal cord in this country left, Kevin? I don't know, but I, you know what's really amazing is that, um, speaking of his Polish background, he's seen totalitarianism. He knows the uh, symptoms, the the you know the the aspects of the disease. He can see it, and he doesn't want his um, religious uh, you know freedoms to be interfered with. And in Canada. That's saying something because they put pastors in jail who, you know, sometimes don't toe the line. So I, I give that guy massive kudos and uh, good for him. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's, you know, from a country where he understands freedom in a country where socialism is just sort of accepted. And he knows he's just like, get out. And I, I'm so curious what came of him. And I want follow up on this. If anybody knows about it, Kevin, you brought this story to my attention on your radio program that I do every Monday. And thank you for that, because I love this story. Now, Jessica, over in London, uh, things didn't really go so well at a mask there. The mask Gestapo came in and shut things down. Listen. So please explain us. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this uh, gathering is unfortunately lawful, unlawful under the coronavirus regulations we have currently. You are not allowed to meet inside with this many people under law. At this moment in time, you need to go home, failure to comply with this direction to leave and go to your home address ultimately could lead you to be fined 200 pounds or if you fail to give your details to you being arrested. I suggest, ladies and gentlemen, though it is quite a, it is Good Friday and I appreciate you would like to worship, that this gathering is unlawful, so please may you leave. Uh, 
Jessica, not not the same thing, but we know London to be much more accepting of socialism, right? Than uh, Poland, where the first pastor was from, even though he was in Canada, he was from Poland. Uh, what do you make of that? Well, I'm going to have to agree with the Polish pastor in the sense that the audacity to walk in anywhere in this in the world to a place, a place of worship during the holiest time for that specific religion or belief just is unfathomable. Um, and there's no reason. There's no rioting. Nobody's hurting anybody. It is absolutely despicable. But, you know, what's really interesting in London, that video, uh, the one of the mass, the Catholic mass, I believe what I ended up hearing was that the priest refused to close out without doing a final prayer. You know, he said he would let everybody go after the prayer and he refused. And I, I believe he either got fined or was actually arrested and his congregation stood with him. And it's really so, so sad that this is what we see today around the world. Yet other religions seem to have the freedom to uh, do as they please during this time. Yeah, it really is interesting because I, I still have never heard the total upshot on, you know, if they're coming in and they're shutting down all these church services. Um, Kevin, do you know the background? Are they are they are they shutting down mosques? Did they shut down uh, prayer services that you know where they stop traffic and pray uh, in the streets during COVID? Um, where some of these Islamic uh, religions do or, or not. I mean, is there some sort of double standard or were they straight across the board in the treatment of how different religious and sometimes people consider them political entities um, were treated during the whole COVID episode? Was it politicized? Well, I, I can't speak to it uh, conclusively, but I know that last summer <clears throat> there was a, uh, a gathering of uh, Islamic worshipers in one of the major parks here in New York City. Uh, they did not observe a six-foot distance, and I'm pretty sure they didn't observe any type of masking guidelines, which had been handed down by uh, the uh, state at the time, uh, and there were no arrests made, and they were shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder, uh, packing the entire park. Uh, beyond that, Dr. Gina, forget about religious gatherings. What about these protests that destroyed billions and billions of dollars worth of property where you had shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder people stretched streetwide in many, many municipalities across the country uh, without any masks at all uh, and no and no arrests, n not even for the, the criminal vandalism and so forth, much less for the COVID concerns. It seems to me when you go picking on a Good Friday service, uh, you are an especially uh, uh, dictatorial kind of tyrant. It seems so. It seems so. And, and I remember during COVID, there were places where you couldn't even have a church service outside. Uh, Jessica, have things uh, in Colorado gotten back to relative normalcy there, or are churches still pretty limited? Well, no, because a, I believe a church actually um, sued or took it to our legislation uh, against our uh, Democrat governor, um, and he lost. And so they said that there's really nothing that they can do at this point. So our churches have been open relatively uh, for, I would say, at least a good few months now. Of course, public areas like malls and things like that are much different. But as far as the religious aspect goes, and that's a blanket statement for all religions in Colorado or any religious um, entities. So that was actually something that was quite dis uh, 
surprising that had come down. Um, and we are very happy here. I think a lot of people are very happy because you know what? Nowadays, you can either go in person or they have Zooms or virtual things. So everybody gets a chance to do as they please and they choose, um, you know, and they see fit for their family. Dr. Gina, can I add something to that? In New York Please. State, I just had lunch today with a pastor in New Jersey, uh, and the discussion almost for half the lunch was, when will New Jersey churches be able to open up mask-free, et cetera? They're, they're doing some looking into that legally, what they have to do, et cetera. But just to Jessica's point, in New York State, Governor Cuomo has been taken to court nine times over the, over the rights of churches and uh, faith practitioners, and he is 0 for 9 in the courts in trying to control religious freedom in his state. So uh, that's an encouraging sign in, in many discouraging signs that we see across the board the, uh, on the rest of the uh, scale. Uh, the religious freedoms seem to be being upheld court-wide, nationwide right now, and, and we, should, we should hope for more of that. Absolutely. All right, here in the U.S., our newest senator, who happens to be a pastor, Raphael Warnock, down in Georgia, tweeted something very disturbing. He tweeted this, the meaning of Easter is more transcendent than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is where it gets really bizarre. Whether you are a Christian or not, uh, through a commitment to helping others, we are able to save ourselves. Now, I believe he later removed that tweet, but the point is that uh, that's not exactly biblical at all. In fact, that is full-on heresy. Many on Twitter called him out. Kevin, I've never, never heard a pastor say we can save ourselves through helping others. What say you? Well, doctrinally, uh, that's complete falsehood, as you just pointed out. But I would like to ask this question of Reverend Warnock. What in all of heaven, earth, and hell could be more transcendent than someone who came back from the dead, forgave every wrongdoer of every sin that they've ever committed, pending their trust being put in him, and being able to pronounce eternal presence with them in paradise forever? If you can find something more transcendent than that, please send it my way. But until then, I think Mr. Warnock needs to go back to seminary because he evidently doesn't either understand what redemption is or at least how far-reaching the, the salvation that Jesus Christ offers actually extends to. Right. The, the biblical definition of redemption has all to do with the blood of Christ at the cross, and that's exactly what uh, Resurrection Sunday is all about. But we hear Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and uh, even, honestly, the Pope uh, use you know, biblical truths, wouldn't, and one biblical truth is that we are supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. We are supposed to help our fellow man. So what Warnock said isn't, um, isn't an error in and of itself, except for that, that is not the definition of redemption, as he stated. And Jessica, you would think a pastor would know the definition of the most basic part of Christianity, which is redemption. I mean, that's the most basic thing, and there's only one way, and the Bible's really clear about it, that you get to God, and it's through the redemption of the blood of Jesus Christ. If he doesn't know that, do you think his university or wherever he got his uh, pastoral credentials might think about revoking them? I don't think they'll revoke them, but you're absolutely right, and Kevin's absolutely right. He needs to go back to seminary school and maybe brush up on the Bible because, as many people know, and I don't even think you need to be a believer to understand, the Bible stands the test of time. That means it's not fluid. It doesn't change generationally. It is what it is, and it's that way 
forever. And it's very clear, like you said, about redemption. And that's the point of Easter. Easter is the ceiling. It's not a glass ceiling that you break and something can transcend that. That's it. That's the whole point. And it kind of brings everything full circle for Christians. And that's what's so special about Easter. And so, yes, I believe he needs to go back to seminary school. Um, maybe start over. Yeah. Yeah, well, something tells me that's not going to happen. I don't think on the left they actually have things like standards any longer. But uh, we'll just wait and see. We won't hold our breath, though. Thanks to both of you uh, for being with me tonight. I really appreciate both of you being here. And I hope that your Easter's were both super blessed and, uh, and meaningful because this year, I think more than ever, we really need that in this country. Thanks for being with us. Of course. Thank you. Absolutely. And thanks so much to all of you. I wish the same for you, whether you were celebrating Easter or whether you were selling Passover. I hope that you had a fantastic weekend. I know I certainly did. And we wish that uh, to all of you. And thanks to everyone here also at your real home for real news, RAV TV, Real America's Voice. Don't forget, live from Studio 6B coming up next with Damon and the crew. And don't forget also, check out my podcast, justthenews.com. Go up in the corner to the three little bars and click on uh, podcasts and then look for my picture and you'll find it right there. And if you miss the show, you can always find it there. Hug your children, love your God, go boldly now and live the truth. Thank you.